he doesn't clap back. He doesn't say anything back. He doesn't nothing ever. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, dang it, why don't you get yes. a billboard and say, I am not the crap that yes. my mom says I am. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 225 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? David, tell us about yes. the Nacho Kids Academy. It is at nachokidsacademy.com. Go check it out or not. If you don't want to improve your blend, if you don't want to have less stress, if you don't want to have better relationships, then please don't go to the nachokidsacademy.com. <laughs> and what are people going to learn in the Nacho Kids Academy if they do the work? They do the work. It's not what you learn. It's what you earn. You will earn. <laughs> you will earn a better life, less stress, better relationships. I mean, it's almost like the Zen of Zen. The Zen for the blend. Ooh, check it out. I like it. I like it too. I like it so much <laughs> I need to write it down. <laughs> it's the Zen for the blend. It is. And... For those of you who don't know, we do have a 30-day money-back guarantee. You get in there and you're like, you know what? This is not worth anything to me at all. Then just cancel within the first 30 days. Let us know. We'll give you money back. Now, David, I have to say you do learn things. You learn the tools to help you. I know, but that's what I'm saying. If you say, if you do the work and you're like, this has zero value. No, no. You said you don't learn, you earn. Oh, I got you. You went back too far. You're like a... CD player. We've you only just, been doing this a minute and 20 seconds. You skip sometimes, like a CD. That's because <laughs> you keep talking. <laughs> you remind me of when the when the portable CD players came out, and, and you go try to, like, jog with them. Sit <laughs> back. <laughs> okay, so David... I say they do learn. They do learn. You learn so you can earn. You don't just learn. You learn to burn. <laughs> You're burning all them bad habits. <laughs> okay, our guest today <laughs> is a stepmom who has been blending for four years. She has a stepdaughter, week on, week off. And unfortunately, this stepmom is struggling with infertility. And that has to be so hard because you're trying to have a baby with your partner. And every other week you get this constant reminder of, look, he had a baby with somebody else. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it's got to be. I've not experienced it, but it's got to be tough. She said things were smooth in the beginning. But once she moved in, (gasps) things changed. Yeah, they tend to do that. When the dynamics change, everybody else is like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, you mean she's staying? Like she's. <laughs> yeah, I like her as long as I don't think she's moving in. Yeah. Or it's also a lot of times the person that moves in is like, okay, now I'm here. My role has changed. It's my house too. <laughs> There's new expectations I put on everybody else. Oh, Lord, them expectations. <laughs> Get you in trouble. Now, she did say that her husband 
has always included her because he wants her to be a parent to his child. Mm. And she's very involved with stepdaughter and said they feel like nuclear families. They feel like a nuclear family on the weeks that stepdaughter is there. Well, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, if you feel like a nuclear family on the weeks that stepdaughter is there, there might be some sadness when she's not. Mm-hmm. For everybody, for the stepmom and the bio parent. She did move into their home. And we know that's a challenge. We know that's a challenge. And there's a blog on our website about that. Yep, because you enjoyed that. David. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever enjoys moving into a house that their partner shared with their ex. <laughs> but she's not here anymore. It don't matter. <laughs> it's not how I would have done things. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's like I could get rid of everything and Lori would go, but the color on the walls were here when she was here. <laughs> okay, or I know she it. helped pick out this design because. Yeah. Yeah. This sheetrock was here when she was here. <laughs> Tear the walls out. <laughs> Come on, David. Give me some credit. <laughs> it's not like that. Did she pick out the brick? <laughs> Tear it out. After almost 14 years of us being married, though, I still want our own house. This is our own house. You lived here longer than she did. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> I know. Because I've told you, if we ever build our own house, the things that I want in the house. And there are things that I want that are not in this house. Yep. But it's okay. If I live here till I die, no big deal. What? It's not like I walk in and go, oh, this is her house. It used to be her house. It's not like uh, that. This is my house because all I heard from her is how she didn't get anything she wanted when this house was built. <laughs> so, yeah. So she complained about it as much as you did. <laughs> <laughs> She did say that her husband understands her struggles as a stepmom, and that's very helpful. Yeah, it is. When they don't understand, they don't understand, and they can't be supportive when they don't understand. No, because they can't relate. Right. All right. Well, let's get to listen to this interview. This ought to be good. Today, we have stepmom Molly Furman Sherman. Hey, Molly Furman Sherman. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I love your last name. <laughs> Thank you. Just because it rhymes. It does. It's very unique. (laughs) It is very unique. So tell us a little bit about your blend. So um, I'm recently married to my husband, Christopher. We just got married this past June, but we have been together for about four years now. And he has one daughter who just turned eight. Okay. Well, congratulations on the recent marriage. (laughs) Thank you. And you have no kids of your own. Not yet. We are currently trying and struggling with some infertility. So it's a it's a journey, but hopefully we're close. <laughs> There's a lady that I recently interviewed. Of course, it'll come out before yours, but it'll be a while. So I need to look it up and I can give you her name. She's on Instagram, but she does a lot with stepmoms that are struggling with infertility. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's it's quite the struggle, especially when you're in the mom realm and are dying to be part of the biological mom realm and it's just not happening. Well, and seeing the stepkids is just a reminder that you don't have kids of your own. Yes. Yes. And the fact that she is just begging for a sibling and has been for years now since before we got married. She's just been asking me, you know, when when are you going to give me baby brother, baby sister? I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) 
you know, and I told her, you know, we have to find all the ingredients. So for a while there, I kept her distracted by like, oh, this week we're going to look for kindness. Next week we're going to look for intelligence. Like this week, let's look for silliness. Like we were looking for all these ingredients for this baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that has since run out. So. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, we are definitely keeping our fingers crossed and saying a prayer that you have a baby soon. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) How often do you have stepdaughter? We share 50-50 custody. So it's week on, week off with transitions on Sundays. So it's pretty, it's 100% even and pretty straightforward, which I appreciate. (laughs) Yes. What's the relationship with by a mom? Is she easy to get along with? Do you stay out of stuff and leave that up to your husband? How does all that work? Oh, that's a loaded question. Kind of two parts there. So the first part, as far as our relationship with her in the beginning, we were co-parenting. We would meet up and go to like putt-putt. I've invited her over to have dinner at the house. Things were really smooth. My husband was also helping her a lot at her home. But once me and my husband got serious in our relationship, once I had moved in with him, everything changed. And now we are at a point of parallel parenting, not being able to communicate, not being able to get on the same page as far as extracurriculars. We both do our own individual thing as far as that goes. Like it's very, very separate. Everything is now. So the relationship there is not, not smooth. And at this point, we don't anticipate it ever being, I mean, never say never, but as far as my involvement, my husband has always been very inclusive towards me and he's wanted that partner that can be a partner and can support him and bounce ideas off of him and decision make with him. So I consider myself very lucky (laughs) that I, I do have a husband that considers my opinion and my investment and everything else. And so as far as my involvement with my stepdaughter, I would say I am much more involved than the average, but it works for us. Like it, it just makes it so smooth. We see it as a partnership. My stepdaughter sees me very much so as a mother figure and it, it works for our household and makes our time with her very happy and and smooth and I think she feels really connected which is a great thing mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of where we're at in our dynamic and I think it's important for people to remember that some people don't have to nacho right and you're one of those people and I'm so glad that you have that relationship with your stepdaughter because it does make your life and her life and your husband's life easier Right. It definitely does. We function more of like your typical nuclear family on our weeks instead of, you know, I've heard a lot of stepmoms talk about the dread of the stepkids coming to their home and just the stress that goes along with it. And that whole week or days or however long they're with their stepchildren is just tense and awkward. And we've never experienced that. I mean, knock on wood, but like we've never experienced that. It was just from the first night that I met my stepdaughter, we were two peas in a pod Mm -hmm. and we've never really had a hiccup along the way. And it's been four years now, which isn't a ton of time, but that's a chunk of time that 
no issues. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm <Yes>. hopeful. <laughs> so I take it you parent her. And when I say parent her, I mean, basically discipline her. Yep. I'm a part of discipline as well, which I think is pretty controversial and quite shocking. I, I made one TikTok about that and got a lot of mixed opinions on that, which I can see both sides. I could see how step-parents could take their resentment, jealousy, insecurity, et cetera, out on their stepkids through discipline. But in our situation, we both my husband and I have very similar views on discipline and very similar expectations of our, of my stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. So we've been really very much so on the same page and we handle it together as a joint team with her and it's a two-way conversation. You know, we talk to her about what the misstep was, we listen to her as far as, you know, what was going on that led you to that decision. And then we decide a consequence that's appropriate for the action together. And there right. has been times that my husband, you know, being being dad, uh-huh. <laughs> and I can think of one time in particular, she decided she had a little boyfriend at school in first grade. Oh, and <laughs> dad, of course, is having a hard time with that. But I told him, you know, you need to take a deep breath. You know, she has disclosed this information to me because she trusts me and she didn't think that there's anything wrong with telling me. And she's right. I want her to tell me those things. I I have the unique position of being a parent, but not being a parent. So mm-hmm. I can also be that friend because she knows that she can confide in me. So I told him, you know, we're not going to mess this up because the way that we handle this now is going to predict how she communicates with us in the future when it is an actual boyfriend and relationship that we're going to want to be aware of. And I told him, you know, instead of getting mad, you need to be disappointed and just tell her, you know, you weren't supposed to be kissing that boy on the playground. (laughs) And I'm disappointed that you decided to do that. And so... There has been multiple times where I've kind of reeled him in and given him a different option as far as to handle her, which I think has made their relationship a lot stronger. And there's been times that I've been upset and been like, nope, we're taking everything away. The house is going to be on lockdown. She's not going to go anywhere, do anything fun. And he's like, hang on a second. Like, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Let's figure out what else happened in this situation. So I think in that way, we really balance each other out. Very similar to just your typical nuclear couple, I think. (laughs) Right, right. And a lot of people think that I had to nacho because David didn't support me. And that wasn't the case. It was more of, I came in very heavy handed. And when I say that, I don't mean spanking the kids or anything. I just mean drill sergeant. Right. And they weren't used to that. And it was causing problems. And then David had guilty parent syndrome. So it's not like he didn't think, it's not like he thought what I was doing was wrong, as just it wasn't working. Right. And if it's not working, you got to find a different avenue. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And... I think it's really great that you and your husband do work together on those things. Because I remember when David and I, in the beginning, we were like that. But I will admit that I expected tougher consequences on his kids than I do mine at the same age. Right. And why is that? It's because they're not my kids. (laughs) 
I don't have that emotional attachment. I love them, but it's still different. You look at the stepkids as, well, they're 14. They should be doing this, this, and this. And then when your child turns 14, it's, oh, sweet baby, I'll do that for you. Right. You're 14. I got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So did you have any hesitation getting into a relationship with someone that had kids? I did not. I love kids. I've worked with kids, gosh, since I was in high school. I used to teach dance to preschoolers. I had my own business doing that. Um, I did tutoring, babysitting, nannying, and even now I'm a full-time newborn care specialist. So I take care of babies all the time. And so I love kids. I love teaching. I've been a teacher. Like I just, I love children and I connect with them really well. And it any any child that I've ever met, it just comes naturally. Yeah. So when he he told me he had a daughter very, very early on, and I did not shy away from it. Did I know that it was going to come with everything that I now know that stepmotherhood comes with? No. <laughs> of <laughs> course not. not. I was like, oh, you have a kid. How fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I, I was not wary of that one bit. It didn't bother me. (laughs) I know a lot of people kind of like you in the beginning, they're like, oh, you've got a kid, no big deal. And then they're like, oh my God, he's got a kid. And it is a a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It is a a lot. lot. Because it's not just the kid that comes with it. It's the schedules. It's the ex. It's all of the court stuff. It is the drama. It is the judgment, the feeling out of place. It's a million different things that is so far beyond just Mm -hmm. a child. (laughs) Yes. What does your stepdaughter call you? She calls me mom, mommy, mama. Occasionally she will call me Molly whenever she is like in a situation that she's not speaking directly to me. But in most situations now, I've noticed, especially since we got married, she introduces me as her mom unless it is in a situation where they where she knows that whoever she's introducing me to also knows her mom so like example like i went and was a guest reader to her classroom at school and in that situation she introduced me as her stepmom because she has to clarify like which mom this is because she actually called me mom to the secretary once to come in and volunteer to do popcorn or something at the school. And she said, call my mom. I really want her to come in to do it. And she called her biological mom. And she went and she was like, that's not the mom I meant. (laughs) And so she clarifies in those kinds of situations. But 90% of the time she's calling me mom. Do you know how bio mom feels about that? She does not like it. And she's, um, when she first started calling me mom, which was well before we were married, I would say... She's been calling me mom since about a year, if that, into meeting her. Mm-hmm. And Bio Mom did find out about it and was upset and sent an angry text message saying that I shouldn't be making her call me mom and that she's telling her to not call me mom. And I never told her to call me mom. <laughs> she did that. I would never do that. I. Mm -mm. I was also actually a little bit uncomfortable the first time that she started calling me mom. I was like, whoa, and actually didn't even realize that I would be sad about that, which I can talk about in a second if you want. But anyways, her, her bio mom still 
tells her not to call me mom. And my stepdaughter has told me that she tries not to talk about me or even mention me at her mom's house in fear of making her mother upset, Mm -hmm. which I can understand that that's got to be an uncomfortable thing to know that your child is calling somebody else mom, because that is a very close to heart term yes, and title. So I 100% understand that, but I also understand my stepdaughter being not confused about our connection, but just really feel genuinely feeling our connection as far as like a daughter mother relationship. And so, I mean, it's just, it's a hard place to kind of be in the middle of that, of not wanting the resentment from the mom over something that I didn't necessarily promote. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I always, I always told stepdaughter, you can call me whatever you want. You can call me Molly. You can call me Miss Molly because that was my husband's kind of pet name for me in the beginning. And so that's what she was calling me in the beginning um, was, Oh, Miss Molly's coming. And then I told her, you know, you can call me your auntie. Like you can call me whatever you want because she was calling, you know, our family friends were all auntie, whatever. And so I always told her, you can call me whatever you want. It's fine. And it's always been her decision. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, you know, I put my stepdaughter ahead of a lot of people, you know, my husband and my stepdaughter come first. And so if that's what she feels comfortable with and it's, it hasn't been a problem for us, then that's what we're going to do. Right. Well, I'm glad that you can understand that it would hurt her mom. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And it, yeah. it, it it would take a lot of, gosh, what would be the term? Selfless maturity, I guess, to just really let that, that go. And that's got to be insanely difficult. Yeah, I don't think I had that selfless maturity. No. <laughs> I don't know if I would either. <laughs> yeah. Well, my son's dad, he's had several relationships, but none of them as far as long-term, I guess you would say, or I don't know that Jackson even considered any of them a stepmom per se. And there were several that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I know they loved my kid, and that's what mattered. Right. But I still wouldn't want him calling them mom. It'd just be tough. Yeah. Like, I'm your only mama boy. I birthed you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, was it, it was Ashton Kutcher that Demi Moore's kids called him Maud. My other dad. Oh, that's cute. That is cute. But you can't do mom because it'd be my other mom would be yeah, mom. Yeah, it'd be the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm sure when she called you mom, it touched your heart. It, it did. It did. It caught me off guard. I think she first called me mom without trying to call me mom. So it was in, and I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but it was, we were doing like a craft together or we were doing bath time together. Like we were doing something that's very much so like a, a close bonding activity and she would let it slip and she'd say, mom, Oh, miss Molly and mm-hmm. correct herself. And then after consistently doing that often, she just kind of gave up <laughs> on correcting herself and just kind of let it go. And I could tell whenever she consciously was letting it go and just calling me mom, she did it with like a little smirk 
on her face. Like, like she was excited about it and like that it felt good. So for a while, I didn't say anything. I didn't correct her. I didn't shame her for it. I didn't say, Oh, don't call me mom. But I also Mm -hmm. didn't say, Oh my gosh, I love it when you call me mom. Like I didn't do either one of those. I would just carry on with whatever we were doing and just breeze right past it. And then once it became more consistent, I still didn't say anything to her until she came to me saying that bio mom was uncomfortable with it and that she was confused now and like, didn't know what to think. And that's when I told her, you know, you can call me whatever, whatever you want. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And what did your husband say when bio mom's like, I don't want her calling you mom. He understood as well kind of where that was coming from. Although we did think that that it was coming across a little bit harsher than the situation really was because we knew it was a very innocent slash genuine thing that stepdaughter was doing and that we didn't have any part of besides Mm -hmm. just having a relationship with her. And so he did try to explain to her like, look, you know, she's doing this on her own they're forming a really solid relationship and I'm going to support that. And at the end of the day, it's really her decision on what she wants to call people. So he, he definitely has always tried to handle communication with her as best as he can. And I think bio dads get caught in the middle of trying to make everybody happy. You know, on one hand, he's trying to support his daughter and make sure that she is okay mentally, emotionally, everything else. And understood that at this time she was four years old, four, maybe early five years old. Mm -hmm. And that's young to be dealing with a lot of kind of adult situations. And so he didn't want the adult feelings and just anger to overflow into trying to control what stepdaughter was doing and just trying to let her find her place naturally in this new blended situation that she's in that wasn't her choice. (laughs) And so, you know, I think that, that he dances a very delicate line most of the time with that, but he, he has gotten to the point now that that he supports our relationship, mine and my stepdaughters. And he thinks it's great. He wouldn't change it for anything and says that, you know, if I wasn't so involved and if it didn't come so naturally, and if my stepdaughter didn't like me so much, then our relationship probably wouldn't be what it is today. Right. So. Oh yeah. Because he would be stuck in the middle. He would be of everybody, of me also adding, you know, whatever drama would come with it of my own insecurities and whatever else, you know, he's got enough on his plate. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) What would you say your biggest struggle has been in this blend? Because the way that it comes across is, yeah, bio mom started some crap, which I find very interesting how bio moms like the soon-to-be stepmom until she moves in or until mm. they get married or until they have a baby. It's like any concreteness to the relationship between the stepmom and the bio dad freaks bio mom out. Right. So I know that you mentioned that with her, and I definitely can see that. But what other issues have you had? Because it sounds like things have been just really good. 
I mean, yes. So it it has been really good as far as like my relationship with my stepdaughter, 100%. That's pretty evident that that is not a struggle. But I think where we struggle the most is, you know, we live in not a super small town, but we live in, in a little big town. It's like a cluster of three cities in Michigan, but everybody knows everybody and et cetera. And our biggest struggle is that when BioMom took that turn to not wanting to have a easy flow relationship with us, she took it really far to the other end. It became that my husband was abusive, that he's this narcissist, this terrible man. So she took it in a direction that is just really negative and paints him in a terrible light in a small town where everybody knows everybody. And even if it wasn't a big town, you know, that's still painting him in a negative light that is just not true. Mm -hmm. And so I think when that happened and she got louder and bigger and very public with it, that hurt. That was a big struggle for us. And it was a struggle for me because I was hearing all these things about him that painted this terrible person, but then I was also in a relationship with this man and didn't see a shred of evidence that backed that. It was like two different people. But on my end, I was nervous and needed to find the truth because I have been in two very traumatic slash dangerous situations in my past. And I was not looking for the past to repeat itself. And that's something that I needed to know. And so the amount of grilling conversations that I had with him, wanting proof and needing to know the truth, it was, it was a process for us, you know, to really come to that conclusion and for me to really trust And it came from talking to his family, to talking to members of her family. Oh, really? Really. We actually, (laughs) two of her, well, one family member, one close family friend were actually in attendance at our very small wedding that we had only invited like very close people to us to. And they were in attendance, if that tells you anything, Mm -hmm. Um, because they are still very close friends with my husband if that tells you anything. (laughs) And so it's hard to hear those things. Once I did come to the conclusion that this man is broken and hurt and has a lot of issues coming out of this divorce, trying to wrap his head around all these things that he's being told about himself. For example, we went on a road trip, maybe a month into dating together And one of the first things he said in the car ride was, be careful of me because I've been told I'm a narcissist. And I was like, oh, what? (laughs) And and they say when somebody tells you something about themselves, you need to believe them. Sure. But I have a background in psychology and I've spent a lot of time in the trauma-informed victim support 
world. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with people having narcissistic people in their life and highly abusive, dangerous people in their life. And let me tell you what, a narcissist is not going to say they are a narcissist. (laughs) And that is so very true. When he said that, I was like, first of all, not something a narcissist would say, but erring on the side of caution, like what makes you say like, what? Like, where is this even coming from? But the more I got to know him, I was like, this man's ego is so small. His self-confidence is so small. He thought he was unattractive. He thought he wasn't smart. He thought he wasn't handy. Like it Uh took maybe, gosh, I don't even know if we're there yet of building him up and just showing him these wonderful aspects about him before he would believe me. And I was like, I think you're the one that has been (laughs) like put down and just gaslit, brainwashed, whatever you want to call it, into believing all these things about yourself that are so untrue because I'm seeing the reality of you and I see this capable man, this man who would do anything for his daughter, this man who would do anything for his wife. Like... You know, he has his faults. He's not perfect. Let's be clear about that. But, (laughs) but, but he's close. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just, that has come a long way. And just having to see him hear these things said publicly about him, it's to the point that I've been approached publicly, you know, by strangers asking me if I'm okay. Oh, gosh. My husband's abusive and just wanting to defend him. But at the same time, you know, I love this man, but this irritates me to no end that he has always wanted to be the bigger person and he doesn't, he doesn't clap back. He doesn't say anything back. He doesn't nothing ever. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, dang it. Why don't you (sighs) get a billboard and say, I am not the crap that my mom says I am. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so many times I've wanted to call it out. And he's like, mm-hmm. Molly, do not. And I, I, I still, I don't know how he does it. I, I just, the, the mental capacity of him, I just, I don't think I'll ever understand. I respect it, but I'm just like, how are you doing this? Because I'm upset because I feel protective of you. And, you know, what's being said about you is not kind. It's not true. It's all of these things. And so I think that's been one of the hardest things for me is to just hold my tongue, protect him. And, you know, when things come my way that are said, you know, distastefully about me, that just, you know, you can't control it. You can't control what's going to be said. You can't control what people think. You know, there is an audience for those stories and rightfully so, especially when they need help and assistance and want to spread awareness, but it is so damaging when those things are untrue. And it's really easy to pin accusations on somebody that you are angry with and want to see damaged. And when they're not being damaged, that gets frustrating. And so I think that that that's, that's going to be an ongoing struggle that that we're going to have. But for the most part, we stay united and I try to support him and not let it get the best of us and just keep yeah. doing our thing on, on, on our time. 
I just, it's, it's a, it's a hard situation and it's, it's really heartbreaking because we do see what could be, right. you know, like I said, we did have a, a, what I thought was a decent relationship in the beginning. And when things went South, you know, it is a shame that we can't get on the same page for extracurriculars. It is a shame that we can't do any sort of, sort of joint holidays, joint celebrations, joint anything, because we just, we can't be near each other and have effective conversations. And yeah, I think, I think that transition was just really, really hard on everybody. (laughs) It really was. Yeah. And I feel like that a lot of times we expect our partners to buck back up at Buy a Mom. And I remember there was something that happened, wasn't anything major, but like Buy a Mom maybe saying David was a bad dad or, or something. And I remember thinking, why aren't you addressing that? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, they know them better than we do. They know that addressing it is only going to fuel the fire because by a mom's thinking, oh, yeah, it's working. Right. And your husband could be thinking, look, if somebody doesn't know me and wants to believe crap, let them. Those that know me know otherwise. Exactly. And he has said that so many times of just, you know, we're going to do our thing and and keep doing what we're doing. And yep, those that that are on us and are genuine friends of ours are going to still be genuine friends of ours because they see the reality of, of our life. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we have to remember that when we are dealing with our significant others, that we want them to buck up and go crazy and put by a mom in her place when it's a waste of time and energy yeah. most of the time. It really is. And I think that that he is, and I don't want to speak for him on that too much, but I feel like he is genuinely hurt whether he shows it or not. You know, how could you not be mm-hmm. when things like that are being said about you? And particularly when it came to bio mom having a new boyfriend and kind of we tried to do things the right way and it felt like that wasn't reciprocated when the time came for them. And, you know, to this day, he still hasn't introduced himself, shook hands with my husband, nothing. Will refuses to, you know, interact with us when we've been at soccer games together and dance recitals together and things like that. And Initially, my husband was pretty put off by that. He was like, wow, you're living with my daughter and you won't even look me in the eye and introduce yourself. And I told him, you know, we have to give him some understanding here. He's hearing a very different story about you. And he believes things about you that you have done wrong to the woman that he cares about. So from his perspective, you're a danger. You're not a good person. And so that's where he's coming from. And mm-hmm. I've told him about things in my past. And I was like, what if, what if we ran into one of those exes? What would you do? And he said, oh, I would be pissed. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's thinking the same thing. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know this version of you. He knows a very different version of you. <laughs> yes. The horrible version, called. the bio mom right. version. Right. So, you know, he's, he seems like a, a good stand-up guy. So we can't 
we can't fault him for the fact that he just doesn't have all the information, you know. Mm -hmm. It's hard when the other parent will not co-parent. Yes. I've been through that. (laughs) It is frustrating. It makes me and probably your husband feel like, wait a minute, the kid's more important than you being angry with me. Yes, absolutely. And I always say that we see too often where one of the bio parents, their hate for the other bio parent outweighs their love for their kid. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) And luckily, I've got a good kid because he could easily say, I'm going to my dad's this weekend. And he could go shack up with the girlfriend. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Oh, geez. Were you given any advice before you got into the blend? No. 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 I know. I just jumped in. But I would say maybe a year or so into into stepmomming, whenever things did start getting high conflict and just really hard. And I was confused. And I was like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what the right way to support my my then boyfriend, but now husband is. I don't know what the right way to handle my stepdaughter is. I need help. And so I definitely looked out for resources. At that time, I was really letting the drama with the ex get to me and was frustrated by what she was saying and was in full protective mode and just defense mode. I can't help but get upset when it comes to people that I love being hurt, you know, and especially more recently when it's my stepdaughter that's coming home heartbroken or confused or feeling unloved or whatever the situation is that not only do I want to protect my husband, but I also want to protect her because she's just caught up in this, kind of like me. We're just kind of caught up in somebody else's failed relationship. And, you know, I, I want to protect her and I want to help her understand as best as she can in her, you know, eight-year-old mind. But gosh, that's hard sometimes. Yes. <laughs> it just is. And so definitely not perfect at it. And but I try. <laughs> so I've I've thought about this a lot too. And I don't doubt that they had their blow up arguments. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that at all because they got divorced. Yes. <laughs> they they weren't working well together. So if you have particularly men, I saw a video of this dog that and not to say my husband's a dog, but <laughs> you know, just just for the analogy. <laughs> I saw this dog that had been in a shelter and it had, you know, bounced around all these different homes and was in this very abusive situation and the dog was defensive, wouldn't let anybody come around him. Everybody tried to work with him and they were gonna put him down because he was just this lost cause mm-hmm. dog. But then this guy who specializes in kind of tempering those animals came in and worked with the dog and was patient. And sooner than later, this dog was just this loving, happy, cuddly, playful dog again. And I've kind of thought about that with my husband because I'll tell you what, when I was hearing these things about him, I was like, I cannot handle another violent situation. So there were multiple times that I provoked him and I got in his face 
and was mad at him and was trying to get a rise out of him. And I got nothing, not so much as a clenched fist. (laughs) I got absolutely nothing out of him. And I was like, okay, so these dots are not connecting, but he can get, you know, angry. Sure. Can't we all? And so we would have these kind of loud arguments, but nothing physical would ever come of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's like this dog. He was in this situation where he constantly felt uneasy. He constantly felt insecure. He constantly felt like he wasn't doing enough. And so that came out in just this overworked frustration of just being absolutely exhausted. I mean, he was working himself into the ground, literally. And so I think once I entered the picture, it was a matter of calming that down and proving to him that he didn't have to be on the defense all the time. And whenever I'm making a comment or bringing up a concern, I'm not trying to belittle him and I'm not trying to start an argument. I'm just trying to have a conversation and try to get to a solution. And we're at a point now in our marriage. And again, not that we're, we are so far from being perfect and we are definitely in the first year of marriage honeymoon phase, but we had a long conversation before we got married about our expectations Mm -hmm. in a marriage and what we wanted out of a partner. And one thing that is of utmost importance to us is that we have each other's back and we're on each other's side and we're on the same team. Even if we disagree with how something should be handled at the end of the day, the thing we have in common is we want it to be handled gracefully, correctly in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And so just realizing, you know, we are on the same team with everything. And so if we're arguing about something, there's no point in that. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're on the same team. There's no need to be mad at each other. And I think we were both bringing a lot of things from our past with us when we entered in this relationship that didn't mesh well. You know, I was very flighty because my instinct was always to run. Prior to meeting him, I had never lived in the same place for more than about six mm-hmm. months to a year tops. And so I'm flighty. But for him, you know, like I said, he's been adopted. He's been divorced. Like he's had these experiences of abandonment his entire life. And so me being flighty was not the right solution. And so I think it's just a lot of learning these bio dads and like learning where they're coming from and how to handle them. And when things would start hitting the fan and I'd be like, oh gosh, this is what you should say. And I think this is how you should handle it. And why aren't you doing it the way that I want you to be doing it? Now we're at a point where I'm like, I'm going to let, I'm going to know what's going on. You know, he's going to tell me what's going on, but I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to let him kind of unravel it and come to his idea of what should be done about it. And then not if, but when he asks me for my opinion, I'll tell him. And if he does it, he does it. And if he doesn't, he right. doesn't. But the ex or any other drama that's happening has absolutely nothing to do with our relationship. We are on the same yes. team. 
right? So why be on an opposing team when we can't be mad at each other when we're jointly mad at a different situation? And I think that that took me a long time to realize sometimes when he would be angry about something and I would take it as you're mad at me. And this is an argument between you and I about something having to do with us. And one day I was like, you know what? That's pretty selfish of me, isn't it? To think that all of this is about me when really he's upset about something completely unrelated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like This has absolutely nothing to do with me. So it's definitely not my job to get mad and defensive and try to control the situation. It's my job to support him and check in with him and see, okay, well, how are you doing with this? You know, are you okay? (laughs) And like, what do we need to do on our end? And then we let it go and we carry on with our day. Yes. (laughs) So, but it, gosh, that's hard. It's hard. (laughs) It takes time to get to that point. And even though I think that we're in that point, it's still difficult. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's that growth, girl. It's that growth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I read something that you had put in here, and let me find it because I thought it was really good. When two people who are not good for each other are together, they will often bring out the worst in each other. That is so true. Yes. That is so true. Yes. And that's what I'm saying about, you know, I I, I do think that they brought out the worst in each mm-hmm. other and that, you know, they were not a good fit for each other. And sometimes that's all that is at the end of the day. You know, not every breakup has to be because of this crazy, traumatic, dramatic situation. Sometimes you're just, you're not, you're not for each other. And it's just as simple as that. But then when you do find the person that you are meant to be with, it's just, I don't know if it sounds corny, but it's just magical. Like good things happen and you grow as people individually and you grow as people together. And I think that I've heard from his family members, friends, people who are close to him, including those that, you know, were close to her as well, that are still close to him. They've said, you know, he's just different with you. You know, he's much more patient. You two are able to have reasonable conversations he he doesn't get defensive anymore. It's like a completely different man. Yeah. And I agree with that because I see the effect that that past relationship had on him. And man, I feel it too. We're, when we're in the midst of it, I'm like, this person really does create a lot of angst and a lot of confusion and resentment and even I, she, I feel like she brings out the worst in me too yes. sometimes. And I'm like, okay, so I can't blame him for that when I feel it, I see it, I get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I completely understand. And I think that, that he he does the same for me. He He understands the position that I'm in and how difficult stepmotherhood is. And I think he appreciates all the way that I've, all the ways that I've stepped up and I think he supports me when I get overwhelmed or sad mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we just try to, to work it together because we're two people that are better matched, better, better compatibility. <laughs> what do you think helped your husband understand the struggles of a stepmom? He, you know, you got to hand it to him. He is, you know, you would think from the outside looking in, 
that he would be very non-emotional, non-empathetic, things like that. I mean, he's military. He had a somewhat rough upbringing. He's got the thickest skin I've ever seen. The man has been through some things. And sometimes I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm just more emotional than he is. And I feel like he doesn't understand that because he doesn't feel things the same way that I do, but he researches and he is open to conversations. And, you know, I would share with him, you know, I found this article about stepmotherhood and I listened to this really interesting episode or, you know, I found this different resource and would share it with him and he would listen to them and he would hear the the different sides and he would, we would talk about it and he would try to hear where I was coming from. And if there is ever an instance, which, you know, we talked about just last week, I was like, was there ever a time that I needed to step back? Or you remember me not wanting to be involved in things? Because as far as I can relate, you know, I've been to every soccer game. I've been to every dance recital. I've, I've done it all. Like I'm always there. I've never backed out of anything. And he said, you know, sometimes you needed a break and that was okay. And I mean, whenever I moved into his house, he had a whole room that was just for me. And he was like, you can do whatever you want. This can be your space. Put your old bed in here, put up your twinkle lights, like whatever, whatever you need, that can be your space. And if you ever need to use it, just go close the door and we'll leave you alone. And I never once used that room. I never even fully set it up (laughs) because I never needed it. So I think you know, his support of me has just been very unwavering. And I think that he's done his best to understand where I'm coming from without fully being able to understand it. Like he can't understand the awkwardness of trying to make mom friends when I'm not a mom, but I'm like elbows deep in motherhood. And he got confused the first time that I felt grief about something and was upset about it and struggling. And he was like, this is grief. Like, what do you mean you're grieving? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, but I think I am like, that's what this is. And so I think just communication is what really to answer your question is just really what helped him understand. And just that willingness to try to understand that, yes, this is their mess. It 100% is, but it we're, we're together now. So now it's my mess too. Mm-hmm. And trying to be respectful of that and understanding that being a stepmom is a hell of a position to be in. Yes. And it's an impossible one most days to do it, you know, according to everybody's expectations, standards, wants, needs, mm-hmm. et cetera. You know, if I'm super involved with my stepdaughter. She loves it. She wouldn't have it any other way. She gets upset when I'm not there. If I'm not going to be at something, oh my gosh, she really wants me to be there and I'll change plans so I can be there. Like it's just making her happy, which is one priority. It's making my husband content with our dynamic. And then it's also knowing that the more I get involved and the more I am, the more it's going to upset people outside of our home. And, you know, I can't make everybody happy. Yes, you cannot. (laughs) At the end of the day, I can't do it. (laughs) I'm just Mm -hmm. one person. And so he understands that. And he's, hey, gosh, I don't know. You got to give him kudos for being being a a pretty, pretty solid partner, I would say. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) Now, what about when stepdaughter has events that buy a mom's at and y'all go to? We sit separately. 
at like soccer games, for example, we would sit separately. We wouldn't sit together. Dance recital, again, we would sit separately getting stepdaughter ready, like that kind of intimate thing. I was actually the one backstage for the rehearsal and the recital, getting her ready. And at the end of recital or the event, she would go off to go say hi to the other side of things and then come back to us. And so it is very separate. And as of this last year, communication was was so poor that we couldn't even get on the same page for extracurriculars. So we ended up doing our own thing. We do jujitsu on our weeks and piano lessons and whatever else we're going to do here and there. And on her weeks, she does Girl Scouts. And, <laughs> and you know, we, we've tried to be involved with Girl Scouts. Actually, we just got a hold of the leader so we can start getting information for upcoming events and things like that. But as far as everything goes, it is very, very separate. Now, how does that work? Because David and I have often said that mm. extracurricular activities need to take into account kids that have mm-hmm. split parents and one parent's not going to take them. So basically, they need to have a t-ball team that meets every other week. Right. And so, yeah, so we we did struggle, and that's why we selected jujitsu and we're looking for gymnastics next that those are not team sports so oh well that makes sense chris chris is very much so or sorry my husband is very much a proponent of like being committed and dedicated to something and so when she was doing soccer we just sucked it up and if we weren't splitting things evenly 50 50 what we're just gonna let it slide because this is a team sport And we'll take her to the practices. We'll take her to the games. And that's that. But then when things just got really divided, we were looking for individual sports that she could do that were just developing herself independently, like piano lessons, (laughs) gymnastics, jujitsu, those things that, that, yes, it, it hinders her growth because she's only participating every other week. But she still gets to participate. And with Girl Scouts, she, that's they only meet every other week, and it happens to be on the week with her mom. And so that's why we haven't been to any of those meetings or whatever. But we've been involved in cookie sales. We've been involved in their other events, things like that. But jujitsu, piano lessons, oh gosh, we were involved in everything under the sun last year. We've really cut back this year because it was chaotic. Yeah, you just made me tired. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's it was insane. So this year we we took it a lot easier. But we do things really separately. Even like tutoring, things like that. My my stepdaughter needs some extra help as far as her education goes and I've got a background in teaching and tutoring and child education and so I handle that at our house and I've extended the invitation to join in on what I'm doing with the same programs, same curriculum, etc. and it's been denied and so we just keep doing what we're doing. I mean, that's all at the end of the day, that's all we right. can do. <laughs> so we look for those individual things and and rock with them. And if they can give us a break as far as the cost goes, then cool. And if not, we'll just eat yeah. it. <laughs> and it'll be it'll be okay. You know, because at the end of the day, it is about yes. the kid. And you know, she shouldn't have to not participate in these things just because we can't get along. 
you know, that's not fair. And if it's something that she enjoys doing, you better believe we're going to figure out how to do it. Right. Regardless of whatever obstacles the other side is putting up as far as trying to let us not know about things or not be involved in things. Well, we're, we're adults. We can figure it out and we'll find out if it lands on our week and we'll make it yeah. happen. If it's something that stepdaughter wants to participate in, we're going to make it happen. Right. <laughs> so that's just it at the end of the day. You know, the kids have nothing to do with our adult drama. Yeah. Nothing. It's not her fault. It, she doesn't need to suffer from it any more than she already does. So we will do our best as parents to pave the way for her <laughs> to have as as happy of a childhood as she yes. can. I know David wanted to, well, David's kids, several of them wanted to go to karate because David did karate, the cousins did karate, Paul Paul did karate. And unfortunately, it is more of a group thing the way that they mm. do it here. Mm-hmm. So they would okay. miss two things every week that they were with their mom. And David originally would go over there and get them from their moms, take them to karate, and take them back. But then that became an issue with her not wanting them to be gone on her time. So mm. he just took them out of it. And I know with my son, um, his dad contacted me, golly, Jackson might have been four, five, and said, there's a basketball thing at this church down the road, and several of the little kids Jackson knows from his group of friends are going to be in it, and Jackson said he wants to do it. Okay, that's fine. I would go pick Jackson up from daycare. I would go take him to the stuff. It didn't matter whose time it was. My son wanted to do it. Right. Well, and I think that a lot of times in, in blended families, we get caught up in your time, my time. It's, it's the kids. What about the kids? Yeah. It's it's their life. It's it's their time. What do they want to do? And we've had conversations like that with stepdaughter, you know, saying to her, you know, these are the extracurriculars that are on the table and our options. And here's the reality of it. You know, if you want to do jujitsu, your mom doesn't want to participate. So it would just be on our weeks. If you want to do soccer, that's mostly on your mom's weeks, but we're going to, we have no problem participating in that. So you could do that on, but like, we just laid it all out for her and told her, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to do just the activities that are going to be on both weeks? Or are you okay with doing it every other week? Or like, it's your life, kid. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the one that has to go to these practices. You do. So like what well, I think a lot of times it gets blown over that these kids can have a voice and they understand a lot more than we give them credit for. That is for sure. She has surprised me on multiple counts of what she understands as far as what's going on. And she feels heard when we show her that we know that she can understand and she's capable of having these conversations, you know, age appropriate and respectful, but letting her form her own opinion. And, but she, she needs to be part of the conversation. This is her life too. Yes, exactly. So what is, I know you've got a lot of advice, (laughs) which is good, which is good. (laughs) If you had to break it down, to one piece of advice that you would share with someone that is getting involved with someone that already has kids, what would that piece of advice be? 
Hmm, just, just one. one. <laughs> okay, you can give two or three. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, you know, I think maybe just an all-encompassing thing would be to just worry about your life and the people who matter the most to you. So decide what that is. You know, in in your life, are you capable of handling this kind of situation? Is this going to weigh on you mentally? Are you going to be able to show up for your partner, for your kids in the way that you want to, knowing that all this outside issue is going to be going on for years? And really do some deep diving (laughs) into yourself mentally, emotionally, just kind of where you sit as far as your rationale goes and focus on that Mm -hmm. and let everything else pass you by, you know, focus on the kids. Think about if you were in that situation, if you were going back and forth, what would you think about that? And how would you want to be handled? How would you want to be communicated with? Would you want to be in the loop? Would you not want to be in the loop and being okay with having those difficult conversations? Yes. And then also knowing that you're going to have to selflessly be there for your partner and understand that he's dealing with a lot of things that you can't understand, you won't understand. And it's really not not a big deal that you don't understand, but it is a big deal that you just be that support piece. And then also having that respect for yourself of knowing, you know, your worth and your meaning And that you're not a guest in this story. You're not a side character. You're the lead character (laughs) of your house and your family. And having that kind of respect and that kind of role is is still there for you. I think it's really easy for stepmoms to get caught up in, I'm the second, I'm the second wife. I'm not the first one to make him a dad. I'm just this kind of side piece. And it's just not true. It's just not true. You're you're a different woman. You're leading a different life. You're still that woman that you were before getting into this situation that wanted whatever you wanted, a big family, a great career, whatever those things are, like that's still you. And you're still this great person regardless of the situation. So I think, gosh, just a major piece of advice is to just make sure that you're okay and stable (laughs) mentally, emotionally, and everything else, which is hard to be. It just is. But being willing to do the research and find the resources and really diving into the things that bother you the most is just going to help, you know, just having that information and being able to grow from it and being open to that growth. Yes. So just really being in touch, in touch with yourself, check in with yourself. (laughs) Well, Molly, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. And I am so glad to hear how well things are going for you and your husband and your stepdaughter. Well, thanks for for talking to me and giving me the opportunity to to share my story and background. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I want you back in a couple of years when stepdaughter hits a teenager. 
Absolutely. And then let's talk about that stress. I'm sure she's going to give me Uh a time. Uh (laughs) And hopefully then we will talk about how it felt to bring an hours baby into your blend. Yes. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you again. You're very welcome. Thank you. Now, as y'all heard, the stepmom said she considers her stepdaughter like her own daughter. Mm -hmm. And that's great. That's really great. But I wonder when stepmom has her own child, if she will still feel that way. It would be a good question. Yep. So I will want her back. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've said before when somebody says I love them like my own kids, but you don't have any kids. You don't really know if that's true. All right, David, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, no, I don't think so. There's something I'd like to share. Go ahead. Recently, I wrote a blog about one of your kids and his girlfriend splitting up and how it affected me tremendously. And it shocked me how much it affected me. Mm -hmm. It hurt my heart and it still does, but it hurt my heart for the things that I knew you and I would be missing out on because of this. It hurt my heart for the things that I knew your son's going to miss out on regarding his kid. Yeah. It hurt my heart for knowing how hard the blended stuff is. So there was a lot of soul searching and stuff that had to happen for me to figure out why I was crying and my heart hurt like it did when my mama and my sister died. Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw me. I was boo-hooing. Yep. And I couldn't quit crying. But you know what your son said? I understand, Lori. It's because you love me. Aw. Ain't that sweet? He's such a good kid today. I'm going to cry again. (laughs) But he does know I love him. Yeah. And his ex-girlfriend knows I love her. And they both know that I love that baby. Yep. But it was just something else that reminded us of this blend. And I know somebody could say, well, if Jackson and his girlfriend broke up and they had a baby, you'd feel the same way. I don't think so. Because I feel like maybe I would have more involvement as a real grandmother. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's one of those things you don't know. Yeah. Unless it happens. That's right. So anyway, check out that blog. I've had several people reach out to me and say that it was really touching and that it made them cry. I don't mean to make you cry, but just realize that this blended stuff is, even though we're doing good, there's things that pop up that are still things that hurt. And things that we have to grow through. Mm -hmm. Not go through, but grow through. That's deep. And I ain't talking about weight. (laughs) That's what it is. You start eating more ice cream. I noticed that. I did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. David. All right. That is our show for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, life is good. When you eat ice cream. Oh, I'm sorry. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.